Hello, my name is Stephen Dunn, and you're listening to Hellenistic Christendom, Philosophy for Understanding Theology. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Hellenistic Christendom podcast, where today I'd like to do a reading of an essay that I wrote several months ago entitled Stoicism and Influencers, a Resurrected Sophism. Now, this essay basically tried to show some conceptual similarities between the Greek philosophical school known as Stoicism and the contemporary phenomenon known as social media influencers. Now, for those of you that are more familiar with your historical philosophy, I was trying to draw an approximate interpretation of the later Greco-Roman Stoicism that we find in Seneca, Marcus Aurelius, Epictetus, and others, as opposed to the earlier Stoicism we find from Zeno of Sidium, and show how this school of philosophy that came to be known as the Second Sophism, which flourished among the upper elitist classes and as well as the intelligentsia of the day, is at least analogous to the present situation we find within some context of social media influencers. Now, for those of you that are not so familiar with your historical philosophy, that's okay. That's why I'm reading this essay uh, essay, to show you that ideas which are often sought because they are new, creative, original, and novelties, perhaps they're even marketable, are actually not so after all. As G.K. Chesterton once rightly said, the modern world tends to forget very obvious truths. And hence, the modern world is constantly stuck in the flux of rediscovering what tradition has been espousing for so long. Now, to be clear, for those of us who have never heard of social media influencing or influencers, let's start by way of a precise definition. A social media influencer is one who has the power to affect the purchasing decisions of others because of his or her authority, knowledge, position, or relationship with his or her audience. Now, of course, you'll notice that this definition puts the context of the influencer as one involved with the market. The influencer themselves, be it on some platform on social media like YouTube, TikTok, or Instagram, has some kind of direct or indirect relation to some commodity, whether by virtue of themselves and what they're selling, or to some other product, vendor, sponsor, or what have you. However, I think aside from this marketable context, there is an even larger extent of influencing which pertains to just as it sounds. Social media personalities, organizations, YouTube channels, Instagram accounts, podcasts, etc. that attempt to further a philosophy of life in more or less implicit ways, which hinges on self-realization, self-actualization, self-discovery, self-improvement, disengagement, personal success, spiritual autonomy, and so on. The language among these platforms tends to vary. Now, I have in mind here prominent social media figures or influencers. Of course, this isn't an exhaustive list because there are so many. But individuals like Ryan Holiday, who is a media strategist and, convenient enough, a contemporary popularizer of Stoic philosophy. Now, to an extent, Rhett and Link, a part of their YouTube channel Good Mythical Morning, could fall under this category as well. And of course, how could one fail to mention Gary Vaynerchuk, or Gary V, who has actually featured Ryan Holiday on a podcast of his and carries one of Ryan's cool little commoditized, commoditized, however you want to say that word, (laughs) Memento Mori coins, Um, those little cheesy things. Now, my argument for showing that there is a relationship between 
Greco-Roman Stoic philosophy and social media influencing is to point out the historical sort of reoccurrence of the sophistry that pertained to Stoicism in the later sort of third period of Stoicism as it's kind of come to be understood in the first and second centuries AD and how it's sort of being repackaged and modernized in the West social media phenomenon that came to be known as influencing. Now, what do I mean by sophistry? Well, in ancient Greece, there was a kind of class of philosophers that arose known as the sophists. The Greek word for wisdom is sophia, so their name was dubbed to mean wise men or wise makers even. They were philosophy teachers who went from city to city claiming to teach wisdom and or arete, the Greek word for virtue. They charged typically fees for their education and taught more than just philosophy. They also claimed to be experts in mathematics, history, literature, music, mythology, and so on. Now, this school of teachers, if I can call it that, arose around the 4th or 5th century BC while Stoicism, as we've kind of come to know the term, didn't arise until later on in the 1st and 2nd century AD. And it would kind of come to experience a sort of period as what's known as a second sophism, uh, suggesting that the school shared wide popularity, not just among the intelligentsia of the day, but also of the upper ruling classes as well. Now, Marcus Aurelius, who died in 180 AD, was one famous example of someone retaining their Stoic education in their youth and eventually ruling as the emperor of Rome for some 20 years. Now, Protagoras of Abdera, the founder, or excuse me, the founder or popularizer of Sophist philosophy, would come to be known for a number of famous philosophical sayings. One of which, of course, most notoriously, was handed down to us, um, where he says that man is the measure of all things. And it's interesting to see how this sort of philosophy has emerged in various historical contexts, especially in the present circumstance of social media that I'm referring to. Now, but moving forward, what characteristics, what, huh, I can, you know, it's just a thing of my podcast that I can never speak. I hope for those of you that have been listening long enough can tell this and are gracious towards this fault of mine. So bless you ahead of time. But moving forward, what characteristics of Stoicism suggest that there are similarities with the influencers of today? Now, Stoicism, of course, can't necessarily be reduced so easily to a set of core doctrines with the branded name Stoicism, so as to be readily packaged and sent off to uncritical conversation. Now, philosophers and historians, nonetheless, have identified three crux subjects, if you will, which comprise the Stoic doctrine, or dogma, if you will. That is, logic, ethics, and physics. Now, the logic of Stoicism, mind you, is very different from, say, the analytic logic of Aristotle, for example. This pertains more broadly to a way of thinking about the world, more relevant to epistemology than strictly to rules about thinking, if you will. And the ethics portion of Stoic doctrine is perhaps what is what it is most known for. Now, in Stoicism, there is a distinction usually made between what the perfect actions that would be taken by perfectly wise men would be, and the appropriate or reasonable actions that can be performed by imperfect, non-wise people. So there's a kind of split here in terms of moral actions or an incongruence that essentially Stoicism tries to f 
provide the best theoretical basis for which we can um, mind that gap or bridge it, if you will. Now, Stoic theoretical doctrines on value and ethics pertained to, again, elaborating further on this distinction. The second one, of course, being the more popular focus here. The ethical doctrine of Stoicism and its educating appropriate or reasonable actions to non-wise people is the kind of connection with sophistry that I'm trying to make here with social media influencers. Now, while it's true that most social media influencers are in some way formulating ethical ideals around a marketable context, that is their selling ideas, if you will, I'm also willing to extend the benefit of the doubt that not all all influencers have something to sell. Influencers in some social media contexts can be more of a personality or presence, if you will, such that their image on various platforms, be it Snapchat, Instagram, YouTube, or what have you, is an extension of the actual person. Hence, I think the influencer's insistence of visual outlets or video is something interesting and may have something to say here of the extended mind hypothesis and the philosophy of mind today that we find in the work of Australian philosopher David Chalmers. Now, I do also think, uh, if it's worth mentioning, that because the use of face or personal image is important in showcasing your brand, there is a sort of interpersonal dynamic that is possible with social media marketing that hasn't always been available in past marketing contexts. Now, this isn't necessarily to highlight a negative with regard to social media or technological communication, but just that even in the interpersonal exchange of producer to consumer, there is a sense in which face is maintained, but personality is excluded or removed, or perhaps I should say genuine personality, if that fares better. Now, as opposed to a Christian response to all this, what is a response to all this? Why not let people enjoy their capitalism, so to speak, and live and let live. Well, my interest here is not so much to burst bubbles, but to offer an alternative vision of approaching life and philosophy generally, to perhaps see a kind of historical connection or to make a kind of congruence among ideas, which really isn't all that particularly new or unique. And so my argument is that Stoicism, or certain strands of it, um, as well as social media influencing, and mind you, this goes for self-help gurus, your best life now coaches and all that, are all extensions of not necessarily a wrong philosophy of life, but a bad philosophy of life. Some might say wrong and bad philosophy might mean the same thing, but I don't quite think they do. Sometimes in philosophy, you're not always granted the privilege of having ironclad objections to positions that you may find uncomfortable or mistaken, if you will. Sometimes, however, and I think just as intellectually satisfying, I think, there are opportunities to point out faults and shortcomings of the view in question, while nonetheless you can find some areas of agreement and merit, or profit even. Now specifically, maybe the position doesn't have the best utilization of the true, maybe it's obscure or confused, or the good, perhaps it's morally ambiguous, or even the beautiful because it cultivates relativism or what have you, but hence we can provide or articulate alternatives which best maintains the dignity of these much-beloved transcendentals. Now, more concretely, I'm willing to concede that a lot of the ethical doctrines of Stoicism can be and have been shown to be consistent with Christian doctrine. However, there is a shortcoming, I, I believe, if Stoicism really, or the pursuit of wisdom, is sought outside the salvific context of Christianity. Mm. That is, 
if there is an exercise of daily ethical deliberations that aren't oriented, that is ontologically grounded or teleologically ordered, if you will, that these ethical deliberations aren't founded within the, to use again another funny phrase, in the teleological vision of God's character, there are seldom pursuits, indeed none at all, of the good that will provide men and women with ultimate happiness and glory in this life and the next to come. So what then do we make of wanting to be successful on social media? My criticism is to suggest that we shouldn't be philosophy popularizers, but philosophers. That is, we shouldn't be seeking out a haphazard ethical education through quick transactional YouTube exchanges or self-help pamphlets or books because these are not idealistically what the Greeks understood as pursuing the good life or pursuing what it means to be a virtuous person or to be wise or even to be happy minimally. There are far, far more robust ways of disciplining yourself, not towards detached thinking but Socratic thinking where you yourself recognize that you don't have wisdom but are merely pursuing it. And if you reach a higher perspective, that is a religious perspective, you only view God as possessing true wisdom and you are merely pursuing it, as precisely what Socrates said. Now, philosophy is a discipline where if sought and understood correctly, it is necessarily humbling. Socrates' famous maxim, I know that I know nothing, is one of the few maxims of the Western canon that deepens the more you actually study philosophy, history, literature, and so forth. You can't help but step aside your ego as you encounter the great ideas of Western thought. And I think that's because God has inherently reminded us that we are not islands. That is, we were not intended to stand off to ourselves and merely satisfy intellectual curiosities with quick Google searches, YouTube videos, even trips to the bookstore to satisfy our guilt or shame, if you will, of not having read or being well-read. Now, education or pedagogy, that beautiful rich word for learning that I'd like people to come to know better, pertains to experiencing what Walt Whitman called attending to an immortal wound such that whenever you encounter some poet or musician or artist or philosopher or whatever it is, there is an impression that is left upon you from which you never really recover. So pedagogy, then, or education, is the gradual and consistent grooming and tending to that wound. It's never fully healed, but it's acknowledged and regularly attended to. And this is exactly what Shakespeare meant in Hamlet when he said that we are wonder wounded hearers so yeah the message succinctly is this stay away from bad philosophy and from popular philosophy especially or at least be wary of popular philosophy if someone has to charge you to learn some truth i can almost guarantee it's not going to be a very good truth let alone an exciting one so that's probably something you can take with you to the bank but yeah, so that's the end of this episode. That's the end of my reading of this essay. As I always say at the end of these podcasts, lectures, videos, and etc., thank you so much for retaining the time and attention to make it to the very end and listen to another word of what I have to say on things about the world, about God, and all that. So God bless you. May God keep you. And please be sure to follow the page if you already haven't. Hell is the Christendom by Stephen Dunn at WordPress, YouTube, 
Facebook, Instagram, and a bunch of other places where social media is a thing. Even though I just wrote this long thing about how ridiculous like social media influences are. So, social media influences influencers are or can be uh here i am just uh spouting off my hypocrisy so so be it be what it may amen um god bless you thank you yes <laughs>